Hey, welcome. This is Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. And I'm your co-host, James Parker. In today's episode, the question, will I be affected by the windfall elimination provision? Easily one of our most popular topics. We have a download waiting for you and some show notes. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 39. This is episode 39. So gregoryricks.com slash podcast 39. Let's talk to Jeannie in Slidell. You're on Winning It Live with Gregory Ricks. How can we help you? Well, I hope you can help me because I've called Social Security and waited an hour and 35 minutes to get connected and then was disconnected on multiple occasions. Finally talked to several people in my local office and in um, faraway call centers. And I have, if I talked to six people, I got seven different answers. So let's start. I'm a teacher. I'm a rehired, retired teacher. So in the state of Louisiana, we do not pay into Social Security. We pay into teachers' retirement. However, after I retired from Louisiana, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment, so I taught long enough in Mississippi. Mississippi also pays into teacher retirement, but Social Security as well, and I've paid into the private sector. So when my husband passed away several years ago, a friend encouraged me to go ahead and find out, was I eligible for Social Security? Could I draw his survivor's benefits? It turned out that, yes, I am. But there's a windfall elimination provision because we are teachers and we get a teacher pension regardless of whether or not we paid into Social Security. This past week, I was doing some other things with insurance, and the gentleman said, you know, there's a loophole. And I said, no, I didn't know that. Well, it turns out that if you've paid in enough what they consider substantial earnings, enough quarters, that I'm eligible to offset the offset. What I need to know is, what are substantial earnings? Because I get a different answer, and I went everywhere from needing 12 months to 12 years, and there's a big difference there. Can you help me? I can help you out with that. Substantial earnings, they're referencing the workaround is 30 years of substantial earnings. That's what, what is considered substantial? Uh, well, let me pull that up for you then. Uh, an example I mean, obviously, of that. when I first started working, I, I, I went to school and I was working at the A&P. So I think that year I probably paid in $174. But I didn't make a lot of money either. So how many so years, count, sorry, Jeannie, no, how many okay. years you have the you? the number of entries, there's 29. How many years uh, did you pay into Social Security? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you look at the chart, I can count 29 years with something submitted. But they're telling me that's only 18 substantial years. Okay. Well, like I don't in, what that means. Uh, in 1992, for example, substantial earnings for that year is $10,350. That's what substantial earnings all right, yes. how do you find that? Is there a chart someplace? It's called the windfall elimination provision. If you go to your search engine and mm-hmm. type in windfall, it will probably start populating immediately. I pull it up all the time, and uh, it'll give you a PDF, and that document is two pages. 
And on the back okay. side of that document, it lists the substantial earnings from 1937 to through well, 2020. Well, I wasn't here then, thank goodness. But it just gives you all the history of it. And then um, it shows the years of substantial earnings uh, also as a percentage as well okay. to impact that. Now, one, and let's go into another part of this. I had a caller earlier to this morning regarded, regarding the impact of a survivor's benefit has to do with the government pension offset there. Yeah. And that's impacting you more so than the windfall elimination provision in this case. What people don't realize is that the GPO simply treats them in the same way that all other working people have always been treated. For example, if a woman who worked at a job that was covered by Social Security gets a Social Security retirement pension, that pension has always offset any spousal benefits she might have been due. Before the GPA GPO law went into effect, people getting non-Social Security pension were only working people in this country who could get their own retirement pension and a full dependence benefit for Social Security. Now, go a little bit further here. The GPA, GPO law actually gives these people a bit of a break. Social Security retirement pensions offset spousal benefits dollar for dollar, but a non-Social Security retirement pension causes only a three-for-two offset in other words, for each $3 you get in a teacher's or other non-covered pension, you only lose $2 from Social Security. So essentially, it's protecting a third of that benefit. You're getting some break on that. Now, the other workaround in that for you is substantial earnings if you had enough. And if you factor it out, we've had people call into the show and figure this out and all of a sudden realize, I've just got to go work for two years in the private sector and I'm good. We've had people shift jobs to go get that other two years they need so that their Social Security is not going to be impacted. Exactly. And that's what I've looked at because when I was first told I only needed 12 months, I thought, oh, well, I can do that. I'm teaching again. Obviously, they're not paying into Social Security or teacher's retirement, since I've already retired. They hold it out. They don't pay any interest on it. And when I leave, I'll get my what I've put in back out. So I thought, well, if I only have to work another year, for goodness sakes, why don't I do that? But then my answer was, oh, no, it's not 12 months. It's 12 years. Well, obviously, 12 years from now, I don't plan to still be doing a whole lot of anything in order to just be able to draw a check every month. Yeah, there's five exceptions, and the one you're looking at is you have 30 or more years of substantial earnings under Social Security. So you've got to have had Social Security wages. That's what they're talking about. Social Security taxed wages of 30 years eliminates the uh, windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset if you have that. So it's not 30 years of, of, of earning enough money. It's 30 years of Social Security taxed wages, to be clear. Well, if I read it, and I still don't understand it, can I make an appointment? 
Yes, you can. You can call the office and we will help you out. My office number is 504 832 9200. This is what we do. We help. All right, Jeannie. Please call our office and talk about this further, Jeannie. I will absolutely do that. Okay. As soon as I get phones, cables, and internet again. But right. I'm lucky to have power, so I'm okay. Awesome. Now, how, how bad was our phone tree? Did it take you about a half hour, 45 minutes to get through the phone tree when you call the show? You know, you have all the options? Not a bit. It was absolutely instantaneous. Awesome. Thank you. Just checking on that. When Social Security laws were enacted in the 30s, Congress felt that they could not force a federal pension plan on state and local governments, so they gave them the option of joining Social Security or not. Most did, but some did not, and still today about 10% of all workers, mostly in state and local jobs in the public sector, are not covered by Social Security. Although federal government employees were initially not covered by Social Security because they had their own pension system in place long before Social Security came along, but all uh, federal employees hired since 1984 pay into Social Security. The pro- and, and this comes up, and what they should have done is said, yeah, we can force this upon you. And should have. And you could have your state pension job and all and pay into Social Security as well. And it looks like, oh, when you go there, like, oh, good, I, I, I get to keep that money. Yeah, but now you're paying on the back end because you're not getting that benefit that most Americans are getting out there. So that's where this comes down to that it's going to affect social, your Social Security benefits if you did work in the private sector, where more of the impact we're seeing is the spouse benefits. You're not getting a, the spousal benefit from your spouse's earnings, and then the survivor benefits are impacted from your spouse that worked in the private sector. So those calls come up often. Pam and Slidell, you're on Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. How can we help you, Pam? I have a couple quick questions about Social Security, um, if you don't mind. What is the actual age a person can work and make whatever income they want um, and still claim Social Security, or is that even possible? It is possible, and it's called your full retirement age, and it's based on the year that you were born. Okay. So what if you were born in 1959, what would that be? Age 66 and 10 months. So someone can actually work at 66 years old and, and continue with their income and still claim Social Security? Yes, you can correct? make. There's no income test. You can make as much okay. money as you want and draw Social Security, and there will be no penalty for wow. making okay. money. Now, if you do that earlier, and I believe that number is $18,240. So if you make uh-huh. $2 more than that, they're going to take a dollar back. So for every $2 over that, they're going to take a dollar back and push it into the future. You don't lose it, but it's going to be taken back out of your Social Security the following year, and they add the credits back for you to draw later. What if you just say you don't want to go over the max? Can you just do that? On income? Uh, oh, if you make over $18,000. Yes, yes. So, and, well, yeah. so if somebody's making 50000 like, 
why did you turn on Social Security? <laughs> They're taking it all back the next year. And, and that's an important thing to think about. What are you making? And that possibility you could have lost your job, but what if you go back to work? During the first year, you can unwind Social Security. But after that, uh-huh. you cannot unwind it. You may stop it, but you're not building up the credits for deferral if you stop it after the first year. So those okay, things. so at 66 and something, though, you can, they're not going to take a dollar out no, forever. They are not. They are not. Okay. That you just get the full amount, whatever it is, that, you, that you're owed in addition to your income if you wait till they were full retirement age. Exactly. You have it correct. Oh, great. And and it kind of slips over to the other side of the spectrum where you start to get credits or uh, the, what's it called? The the delayed credits where... Well, if she turns it on at FRA, she's not going to get delayed credits, but she's still working. So she's still adding in to possibly get more Social Security into the future. And where does it max out for Pam? What? 18,000. No, 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 no. I'm saying uh, if if she's looking for the biggest check. Well, that's age 70. Yeah, but uh-huh. she's looking. Okay. So are you looking for that point that you can do both? Are you planning to continue to work beyond full retirement age? Yes, yes, uh-huh. Okay, awesome. Congrats. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the other quick thing is, oh, actually, that was for my husband. But the other thing is, is as an educator, do you know anything about what they're trying to pass for educators to be able to collect Social Security? Yeah, I I know quite a bit about that. You're talking about the windfall elimination yes, provision. Uh-huh. So, Pam, the, and it turned yes. out the question you were asking about full retirement age had to actually do with your husband's benefit, right? Correct. Correct. And you are not participating in Social Security because you've been a teacher? That's correct. And working in the... And you're part of the state program in that case. So the windfall elimination will affect you and the government pension offset provision will affect you okay. as, as well in that case. And uh, you asked the question because there's bills in Congress to change that and the Windfall elimination provision and government pension offset laws have been in effect since the early 1980s, and bills to repeal these offsets have been introduced in every Congress since then. And every year for the past 30 years, they've always gone down in defeat. Uh-huh. There's a couple of reasons okay. for that, and that's and I'm going to tell you because I think the law is correct when you understand how it works. So when Social Security was enacted in the 1930s, Congress felt that they could not force federal pension plan, which is Social Security, on state and local governments. So they gave them an option of joining Social Security or not. Most did. Some did not. Today, about 10% of all workers, mostly in state and local jobs in the public sector, are not covered by Social Security. And when you factor in... That way, it makes you look poor. And there's an uh-huh. important part of Social Security where the word social and Social Security means something like, unlike private and other public sector pension jobs, there are social goals built into the Social Security program. 
An example of that is low-paid workers could get a Social Security benefit that represents up to 90% of their earnings. This percentage is known as the replacement rate. People with average incomes, the middle class, generally gets 40% replacement rate, and then higher income get around a 30% replacement rate. The problem is that people who spend the bulk of their working lives not paying into Social Security are automatically treated as low-income people by Social Security Administrative Stations computers, and you were not are not poor from that standpoint because you also do have a state pension, and uh-huh. the laws are built in from the government pension offset. The other rule public employees misunderstand is the GPO. In a nutshell, the law says that an amount equal of two thirds of a non-social security covered pension must be deducted from any Social Security dependents' benefits a person might be due. So you will get a small portion of your husband's Social Security, you know, essentially one-third of that. So it's not completely wiped away. So actually, it does benefit you. But Uh the Social Security rules are not unfair. What the problem is, the state should have gave you a pension but you also should have so, have contributed to Social Security. That's the flaw out there, okay. and that's what yeah. the state needs to change. Then, yeah. then everything will be right. It's just they opted out of that, and they should have opted in, and you would really be happy about having both at this time. Yeah. yeah. But would that affect my husband's Social Security if he collects his, or are we separate entities as a married couple? Like, because I don't contribute into Social Security, that wouldn't affect his when he goes to no, collect his, does he, he, okay. You do not affect his at all, and if you okay. pass before him and you named him Benny, on beneficiary on your pension, he receives your uh-huh. pension. You're just not going to receive it the other way. Any other retirement income he has, he can leave to you. It's just that Social Security from him for you as a survivor is going to be impacted. All right, Pam? Golly. Yeah. I got it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Right. Thanks for listening to Winning Thank at Life. You. Jerry in Baton Rouge, you're on Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. How can we help you, Jerry? Hello. Hey. Hey, Jerry. I just had a generic question about uh, Social Security. Okay. Uh, if I give you the parameters, can you tell me if my wife can draw on my Social Security because she never had a Social Security history having been a Louisiana retirement teacher for many years. Okay. So she's never, she's only worked through the state program in her working life as a teacher. Okay. Yes. Well, I can tell you she's not going to draw Social Security just simply from that. She does not have 40. No, my question is, can, can she draw off of me? Okay, based on that, uh, there's not going to be a spousal benefit. Uh, uh, there's a chance, and they are not quite as tight on on from that standpoint, but it is going to greatly impact any spousal benefit, meaning fifty a spousal benefit for all the listeners is 50% of the worker's 
full retirement age benefit. So a spouse cannot uh, can draw from that even if they've never worked, don't have 40 quarters. But when somebody's draw that has worked in a pension system that opted out of Social Security, they have rules for that because they show up poor and they're actually not because she's probably getting a pretty good pension from the state in that yes. case. So, yes. yeah, it's going to greatly impact the spousal benefit as well as if you die before her, it's going to greatly impact the survivor benefit as well. Well, currently, can I apply to Social Security and 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 see? Or I, I'm I'm not sure I got my question answered yet because she draws a substantial check. I draw Social Security. I draw from my IRA, and she gets a retirement check. So, with all that totaled up, is the dollar amount the significant issue that? Uh, Social Security says, okay, you may, you may, you're drawing too much money. She can't draw? Yeah. One, the uh, rule that you're mainly asking about is the government pension nut. Government right. pension offset, the GPO. So in a nutshell, that law says that an amount equal to two-thirds of a non-Social Security covered pension must be de- deducted from any Social Security dependent's benefits a person might be due so it's going to reduce it by minimum of two-thirds that in effect the law prevents most folks who work at jobs not covered by social security from collecting benefits as a wife widow husband or widower what people don't realize is that the gpo simply treats them in the same way that all other working people have always been treated. For example, if a woman worked at a job that was covered by Social Security gets a Social Security retirement pension, that pension has always offset any spousal benefits that she might have been due. Okay. So now, with that said, I'm not giving you an absolute because I always recommend you challenge, and if you think there might be benefits due, you're supposed to reach out to Social Security and talk to them. I don't ever want you to say, well, even though I give you the bad news, and I'm absolutely right on this, I want you to reach out and question that, okay? That's what everybody's supposed to do. That's what it's there for. The laws are in place, and if you're due money, you're supposed to go get it. So first off, ask for it. It just, you know, it is going to be greatly impacted. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Great call, Jerry. Appreciate the information. All right, if you want to be next, 504-260-0995. That's 504-260-0995. See that uh, the GPO law actually gives these people a bit of a break. Social Security retirement pensions offset spousal benefits dollar for dollar, but a non-Social Security retirement pension causes a three for two offset. So in other words, for each $3 you get in teachers or other non-covered pension, you lose only $2 from Social Security spousal benefits. That's why I kept saying it greatly will impact it, but she's probably going to get some 
If he doesn't ask about it, then she's certainly going to get zero. Thank you very much for hanging out with us today and hearing Gregory go over people's situation on how they're going to be affected by the windfall elimination provision. You have some show notes and a complimentary download on this topic waiting for you at this episode's webpage. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 39. That's gregoryricks.com slash podcast 39. But I do have a day job that goes with that. I'm a financial advisor, money manager, IRA, Sherpa, in a sense, help people with all these types of questions regarding the required minimum distributions, how to handle rollovers, how to set it up, how to grow it. Where are you on your financial path? Do you know where you're headed? How is it going to look when you get there? What is your risk number? My office number is 504-832-9200 or go to gregoryricks.com. Thanks for hanging out today. We do this six days a week. Catch all of our episodes live and on podcast with winningatlife.com and the Winning at Life app. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management, Gregory Ricks and Associates, WJ Blanchard Law, LLC, J. Heath and Company, and Mortgage Gumbo are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Annuities are insurance contracts designed for retirement or other long-term needs. They provide guarantees of principal and credited interest subject to surrender charges. Annuity guarantees and protections are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurer. Roth conversion is a taxable event and may have several tax-related consequences. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute legal or tax advice. Our firm is not affiliated or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Ricks and Associates. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks.